Welcome. I'm Cliff Hedges. This is Pastor Cliff's Notes. It's a podcast where we study the Bible. We're working our way through the book of 1 Corinthians. Today is episode 447. We're looking at 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verses 34 and 35. Let's read our passage. The women should be silent in the churches, for they are not permitted to speak, but are to submit themselves, as the law also says. If they want to learn something, let them ask their own husbands at home, since it is disgraceful for a woman to speak in the church. This is Paul's first letter to the church in Corinth. He had founded the church five years earlier on his second missionary journey. He's now in Ephesus on his third missionary journey, and he's writing this letter to the church in Corinth. They have a lot of issues, a lot of problems, and Paul's providing this letter of correction. He's been dealing with the issue of spiritual gifts, because they all seem to think they have the gift of tongues. And their public worship services are chaotic with everyone speaking in tongues at the same time and no interpretation. And Paul's in chapters 12, 13, and 14 been providing some correction to their misuse of spiritual gifts and their confusion about spiritual gifts. He begins with the, the purpose of spiritual gifts is to edify the church, to build up the church, not to show who's the most spiritual and that intelligibility is important. If you don't know what's being said, you don't even know if it is of the Spirit, let alone being able to participate. So chapter 12, he uh, argued for diversity. Everybody doesn't have the gift of tongues. There's diversity in the spiritual gifts. Chapter 13 was about love. Love undergirds everything. Spiritual gifts without love is useless. And chapter 14 was the idea of intelligibility, that it's better to have five words that are intelligible, that are understood, than 10,000 words that are just spoken without meaning. Then he gave some practical applications on, on how it's to be done. Not everybody at once takes some turns. If there's no interpreter, no tongues, and as far as prophecy goes, uh, have a few prophesy and have some evaluation of the prophecy. And if one person's speaking and somebody else needs to say something, then let them have a turn. And he's arguing for order in public worship. Now this section, verses 34 and 35, it's a very short section, but this has created a lot of debate over the years. And the first challenge is, is this authentic? Is this really part of Paul's letter to the church at Corinth? Really reliable biblical scholars take positions all over the place. Some with very uh, clear-cut textual analysis say it's the way this is worded and the way it fits. It, it probably was added later. Others say, no, of course it's uh, authentic. One of the problems is that there are no ancient manuscripts that don't have this in it. So very few have it in a different order at the end of chapter 14 versus where it is right now. But all the ancient manuscripts have this. So if it was a, an edition, it was a very early edition. And others argue for uh, what's the meaning. I mean, that is the biggest issue is what is the meaning to this? And is this a blanket command that's applicable to everyone, everywhere, at all times? Or is this something very narrowly tailored to the specific context in Corinth? 
And some people want to take the second part of verse 32, where he says, as in all the churches of the saints, and have that as the entry to this saying. So what we have here in verses 34 and 35 is, is all the churches in everywhere are like this. So it's a very troublesome, but it's, it's a difficult passage. Verse 34, he says, The women should be silent in the churches, for they're not permitted to speak, but are to subject themselves as the law also says. Pretty straightforward. Women should be silent in the church. They cannot speak. We had some problems, though, because he talked about back in chapter 11 with women and their head coverings, he says, as they were praying and prophesying. So he seems to allow for women praying and prophesying as long as they've got their heads covered the way it's uh, good and proper. But here he says, not permitted to speak, but must remain silent. That, that doesn't fit. There's a glaring contradiction there. And Paul would be contradicted himself like this at the same letter. So what's going on? And that's where all the debate is. And there are a lot of different interpretations, a lot of different theories as to what this could mean. So as with many things, we approach this with a lot of humility before we say, this is what this means. Because there are a lot of very good, reliable scholars who come down with very different interpretations. Most just say, here's about six different possible interpretations. Here's the one I like best. And so I'll maybe follow along in that footsteps and say, here's, here's what a lot of it could mean, and here's the best we can do with it. Now, one challenge here is, what's it mean to be silent? Because just in the passage you looked at last time, he said, if there's no interpreter for tongues, then the tongue speaker should be silent. And if somebody is prophesying and somebody else wants to speak, he should be silent. And those were not blanket commands for absolute for silence, but temporarily be silent. So is this a, a temporary silence or just a silent for all time? Now, there's no conditions put to it, so it doesn't sound like just a temporary kind of silence. Then in uh, the end of verse 34, he says, are to submit themselves as the law also says. Problem here is usually when Paul says in accordance with the law, he gives some kind of loose quotation. Here there is no quotation. And there's implications in the Old Testament in the law of uh, the idea of submitting, but really it's not blatant. So what's he referring to here? So I've got a lot of questions here, uh, more questions than answers, unfortunately. And some say that, okay, well, we may not know exactly what it is, but whatever is going on, uh, there is a problem here with sub insubordination. Whatever they're doing is violating some rules of subordination. It may be coming down to husband and wife issues, because we know there's some issues there. Perhaps. It's an issue where a husband is prophesying and his wife is contradicting him or challenging him or wanting to evaluate his prophecy. And so we, we don't have the context of it, unfortunately. In verse 35, he says, If they want to learn something, let them ask their own husbands at home, since it's disgraceful for a woman to speak in church. 
Now you could say, okay, that's perhaps it's women who by and large are not educated and they're wanting to interrupt things and ask a lot of questions, basic questions. And the, the context here is just saying, well, if they got a lot of questions, deal with it at home versus interrupting things in the church service. That could work, except he says it's disgraceful for a woman to speak in the church. That right there is problematic. Again, that goes back. That's contradictory to what Paul was talking about in chapter 11 with women praying and prophesying in the church. Is he specifically talking about teaching in the church? No, he doesn't qualify it. Now, this does follow the section where he was talking about the prophets. That after a couple of prophets prophesy, then you have a time of evaluation where other prophets then evaluate what was being prophesied. Is that the limitation here? And he's saying the woman shouldn't be evaluating the prophecies that have been going on so that it's a, a limitation just on the evaluation of prophecies. Or is it a problem with evaluating the prophecies of, of their husbands? And again, we just don't have the context of it here. But we do have these words, it's disgraceful for a woman to speak in the church. Now, does he mean speak in this way? So we have a lot of questions here and really not a lot of good solutions to it. He is speaking about order in public worship. He's just finished the, the passage talking about tongues and prophecy in public worship, and it's to be done in an orderly way. And so this seems to go along with that in that it's whatever's going on is creating disorder. So he's speaking toward the order. Some say they're interrupting things to ask questions. Well, it sounds like the thing is already chaotic, so how can they add to the chaos? And there's the question, who is he actually referring to? Is he referring to all women? Or is he specifically referring to this group of women that we've dealt with a couple of times who seem to be a problematic group, what we've called the eschatological women, these women who have decided they've already been spiritually resurrected and are now on par with the angels? And are they creating the problems? And that's what he's referring to. There's been a breakdown in their basic marital structures, it's really hard to say. And I hate to come down here. It's just, there's a lot of problems here and I don't have a good answer. I think it's probably along the lines of women challenging the prophecies of their husband, or maybe it is specifically these eschatological women and whatever they're doing is creating a disruption in the public worship, and that's what's disgraceful, not just the speaking, but the way they're speaking. And so the best I can say to all this is just be very humble in how we take this and be careful about trying to apply this to our current modern day settings because we don't have the context for it. All we have are these two verses, and they don't fit well it's just taken at face value. They don't fit well with the other sections of even this letter, let alone other letters. So he's arguing for order in public worship. And whatever this is that's happening is creating disorder. And so his challenge to him is don't 
do that. Whatever it is they're doing, don't do it. And we know it has something to do with some women, and they're speaking up in the worship service, and whatever it is they're doing, they shouldn't be doing it. But we know it's not a, well, we feel pretty comfortable. It's not an absolute prohibition from women speaking up in worship. Because just back in chapter 11, women are praying and prophesying in worship. So it's a hard passage. I'm not ready to decide with those who are saying it doesn't even belong there. But we do take it with a lot of humility of we don't know exactly what the issue, what the problem is. But he is continuing to argue for order in public worship. Thanks for joining me. Join me again next time as we continue working through 1 Corinthians.